1: And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album. I'm the author of the book, Tuesdays with Maury, which in a couple of weeks turns 25 years old. Believe it or not, if only I was turning 25 years old. but The book is 25 years old. Lisa Goich, my friend and producer alongside, as always. Hi, Lisa.
0: 25. Wow, Mitch.
1: Lisa and I got a chance to spend some time together uh, in Los Angeles since the last podcast, which doesn't always happen. We do these podcasts from from different locations. So even though we've known each other nearly 30 years, uh, we see each other like once every two or three years. <laughs> yeah. And the rest it, of the time, it's just on Zoom screens and via this connection. But we were in person last week in Los Angeles.
0: It was so great. And that Mitch had an event at the Milky Way LA restaurant, which by the way is was owned by um steven spielberg's mother the family still owns it i believe right um
1: that explains all the steven spielberg movie (laughs) posters lining the hallway to the bathroom
0: that only took me about two hours to figure out Uh, (laughs) i I went through that hallway a few times i'm like oh okay now i I get get it it. yeah they're (laughs) not
1: not just fans of steven spielberg's they're related
0: It was really great, and there was it was a wonderful interview, and everybody had such a nice time. And some of our Tuesday people were there and have uh, left messages on the page uh, on our Facebook page. Well,
1: that's great. Yeah, it's yeah. nice to uh, gather people together through this podcast, and and we're actually going to do a little bit more of that today because slightly uh, deviation of our normal format here, where we go through. Something that I learned alongside my old college professor while he was dying from Lou Gehrig's disease so many years ago. The, today, I want to talk about a different form of Tuesdays with Maury because it's relevant to where we are now, and that is the stage play. So, many of you obviously are familiar with the book, and uh, I think almost as many are familiar with the movie that was made of Tuesdays with Maury by Oprah Winfrey. Uh, and a wonderful cast, including Jack Lemon, who played Maury, and Hank Azaria, who played me, in the movie version that aired on ABC back in 1999 of Tuesdays with Maury. And many people think, "Yeah, I saw the, I read the book. I, I saw the movie. The movie was lovely, by the way. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, dead on accurate, uh, but it was lovely." <laughs> And uh, it's one of those things that you learn when someone takes even even a book. I I, have been fortunate to have a number of my books turned into films, but it's different when it's a it's a novel, which I've had happen because you created all those characters from your head anyhow. And so Mm -hmm. if someone says, well, listen, could we make them a little older? Could we could we give them a sister? Could we put this set it in this place instead of that place? It's not that big a deal. You, You created them anyhow. It's sort of up to you. But when it comes to true stories of which I've had several of my books adapted into movies that were true, it becomes a little dicier because now you're talking about, well, people are going to watch this and they're going to presume that what they see is true and they're using right. your real name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my first experience with that came when I showed up, uh, at the set of Tuesdays with Maury, the movie. Now I was, gosh, I was, um, I still in my 30s.
0: Yeah, you were a youngster when that happened.
1: And I'd never been to a movie set or anything like that. And uh, Oprah Winfrey invited me to come up to one of the days that they ah, were filming there. And No so, big deal,
0: by the way. Just Oprah. Oprah invited me up. <laughs> Whatever.
1: <laughs> She's just a human being, Lisa. <laughs> uh, so she had invited me to come up and sent me these directions to get there. And I you know, drove myself. I didn't have anybody guiding me or anything. And I, I, somebody pointed me into where I was supposed to go. And it was a soundstage for the day that they were shooting anyhow. And so I went over to this soundstage and they told me, yeah, it's in there. So I don't know anything about a soundstage. And there was a door and above it was a light and the light was red. And I figured, oh, well, that's an indication that this is the right place. They're open. You know, when lights are on, must mean they're open, right? If you go to a store and the lights are on, it means it's open, right? So I pull open the door. Well, I did not understand that the red light means recording. Oh. <laughs> they were actually filming. That's why the red light is on. You're not supposed to open a door. And so I open this door, and like all these faces turn and look at me on this set <laughs> with this glare. And like, who are you and what are you doing? You just ruined the shot. And thankfully, somebody recognized me and said, oh, that's that's the author. (laughs) He's an idiot. Let him in. And uh, they forgave me that faux pas. And then that's funny. I got to uh, watch the filming of the, the day's filming between Jack Lemmon and Hank Azaria. And what was really strange was they had created a room that looked a lot like Maury's uh, office, which is where we met every Tuesday. And they had gotten it down to a lot of the detail that was very close. And and here was the actor playing Maury, Jack Lemon, and the actor playing me, Hank Azaria, and they're talking and they're calling each other Maury and Mitch. And I was sitting there, you know, maybe 25 feet away. and. I hear Jack Lemmon in a voice that's similar to Maury say, you know, well, Mitch, the tension of opposites, it's, you know, things that I had heard Maury say, and it was very surreal. Very, very surreal. I remember feeling kind of weirded out by it, to be honest. And, and, and I was sitting there watching this and right in front of me and all these strange people who I'd never met standing around, you know, smiling and nodding as if they were in on this story. And. Of course, they felt ownership because of the movie, but yeah. for me, it was a very private story. And and it, I, I, I remember feeling kind of so they were very, very nice to me. Don't get me wrong. Everybody treated me beautifully. And I got to know Jack Lemmon that day. And I began my friendship with Hank that goes on to this day. But I never went back. Uh, like after that first day, I, I just felt it was too. Um, like. Weird. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Was, you know, and, and so it took me a while to kind of get comfortable with the idea of another version of what had taken place between Maury and me ha- happening outside of my own body, happening in front of me. And then when they sent us the movie to watch, and we'll do a podcast on the movie one day, um, you know, we'll try to get Hank on and, and, and some of the people who helped make it. But um, when they sent us the movie to watch, he sent us a cassette, you know, back in those days, a VHS tape. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I watched it. And I remember sort of sinking in the chair as I was watching it in the opening 15, 20 minutes, like, oh, my gosh, I would never do that. And I never did that. And there was a scene where... uh I threw away the wedding ring that I had bought for Janine. I was proposing to her and and I I I I something we got in an argument and so I went out in the alley and I like threw it in a garbage can. What? Which is yeah, not something <laughs> A that I did do or B I would ever do. Uh and and but as as the thing went on, I I kind of straightened up in the chair a little bit because I realized like I started watching it like a movie. I didn't I didn't look at it as like this isn't me or this isn't exactly what I said or that doesn't look like me or that doesn't look like Janine or whatever. I got into the story and it was lovely. And by the end, they did a wonderful job of of presenting the story. Was it dead on everything that happened? No. But it was my first experience in this amazing thing that had happened to me, which I had then written as a book, a true account of what had happened, because you know it was my memory and my words and my, the tapes and everything Mm -hmm. to moving to a different version of it, seeing a different way of the story being presented, which was different, not dead on the same as what happened, but still told the story, still presented Maury's wisdom, still got across so many of the points that he was making and, 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 and conveyed the grace with which he died and the generosity of his Giving during his final weeks and days. And that was what was most important. And that was the beginning, Lisa, of my comprehending that this story not only could live in different forms, but was likely to. Because by that point, when the movie came out, which was two years after the book came out, the book was doing just so. Tremendously well was selling so many copies, and then the movie came out, and it shot even higher uh, in terms of the volume of copies and everything. And 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 it was being printed around the world, and it sort of became apparent to me that people were writing about it, commenting on it. Now there was a movie on it, and it was kind of moving out of the experience that I had had privately with Maury into something different. So when I got a call a year later or so from some people in New York asking if they could come, if I would come meet them, they never come meet you. You have to come meet them, by the way, in New York or LA. Are you ever coming out to LA? Yeah, I guess there's a level at which they come to Detroit, but I have not reached that level. (laughs) So uh, they asked me if I would ever consider a play version of Tuesdays with Maury. Now, I have to say that if they had asked me this before Oprah had made it into a movie, I would probably have said no. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know anything about plays, and I didn't know anything about movies, and I just knew books, and, uh, you know, that seems like too much. But because I had sort of experienced this thing as a movie, I realized that it can live in in other forms well, and so I started to think about a play, and we we began to talk with some potential producers and some potential playwrights and things like that about how to do it, and I said, well, I'll do it, but I I need to write it, or at least co-write it, because I didn't want someone to create a play that had a bunch of stuff in it that never happened, like the wedding ring and the garbage can and all that right uh i just thought all right well this time because i didn't write the movie uh and this time i want to be involved in the creation of the script and maybe i can make sure that not that there was anything there was nothing in the movie that was offensive please don't get me wrong movie was beautiful i'm very proud of it i'm very happy with what oprah and 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 the folks at harpo did it's magnificent it's it's helped a lot of people people love it and all that but a play was to be different. And what they started saying to me was, well, the great thing about a play is you can have two people talking and that constitutes a play. Whereas in a movie, you can't have two people talking. That's not a movie. That's, that's death. You know, because nobody will watch it. You have to create all the stuff that's going around it. And so you have to create scenes in the alley with the garbage can and the recording studios and and at tennis matches and all these kinds of things, which the movie did. You know, it it followed me around in my life and and followed Maury before he got sick and all. But the play, as we began to explore it, would take place in one room. It would take place in the room where Maury and I met every week. And that's what really attracted me to it. I thought, wow, I can really uh, kind of recreate for people what it was like to be a fly on the wall when there were just two people. Now, originally they had talked about having three or four people in it. Uh, One of the characters was Janine and another character was uh, um, one of the hospice workers, nurses. Then they had a character for Charlotte, Maury's wife. but. As we began to discuss it, and as we narrowed it down to different playwrights, and I, it was wonderful, I got a chance to meet some incredible playwrights, because we decided, okay, they would write it with me, mm-hmm. and we were sort of interviewing each other. I met some Irish playwrights, I mean, literally from Ireland, uh, and some wonderful American playwrights who had done different things. And in the end, I, I met a guy named Jeffrey Hatcher, and... I really liked Jeffrey, and I really liked the plays that he had written and what i What I truly liked was that uh he was willing to sort of teach me what I didn't know about theater and writing for the stage, and was open to me sharing with him so many things that happened between Maury and me that were not in the book ah. You know, and, and, uh, you know, that were, were kind of necessary to create So we began to, to work with one another, uh, and, and start to write this play. And it was an interesting process because we would go back and forth and we would send it back and forth. And this was before email and stuff like that. So we had to, we had to send, scan, you know, facts, documents, and, and, and that kind of thing. And he would write, some stuff and I would write some stuff and he would write some stuff and I would write some stuff. We never actually really sat together writing until we had already finished a draft or several drafts and then we would meet and, and talk about it. And his stuff was um very dramatic and uh and funny. He came up with a lot of the humor. And my stuff was about, you know, the lessons and what was important to get across and You know, I created some scenes where I remember when Maury was trying to eat egg salad or when he tried to uh, he knocked over a water bottle when he was trying to reach for it and little physical things like that. And and we just kept going back and forth in the the mail or fax or however we did it until we finally started to meet and talk about, you know, well, I like this line. I like this line. And really, I, I don't know how exactly it came together, but we were able to put together a pretty good script between the two of us. And that's
0: pretty cool.
1: Yeah. This, this process of he, uh, Jeffrey had had never, uh, you know, met Maury or me before this thing, but he read the book and I had never written a play, but, um, I had his tutelage, you know, to, to guide me. And it was very, very helpful. And,
0: and writing collaboratively like that, had you ever done that before?
1: No, I had never worked with anybody.
0: That's a way different way to write.
1: Yeah. I had never worked with anybody. And so, um, I, I remember uh, Dick Shap, who was you know wonderful guy and, and who was uh, my friend and the host of the sports reporters. Dick was very very into theater, and he had me uh, he had me meet a man named Herb Gardner. And I don't know if you know Herb Gardner the, off the name, but anyone who's familiar with plays and theater knows Herb Gardner. So he wrote the play A Thousand Clowns. He wrote the play "I'm Not Rappaport." He wrote mm, the play mm-hmm. "Conversations with My Father." Yes, uh, just just wonderful. And uh, many people considered him just a you know a, a genius in the theater. He was uh, you know born in the '30s and grew up around theater uh, in New York, and he agreed to meet me and talk about the theater. And I, I went and met him, and at the time, he was very ill. He, he was on oxygen, and he, he had a hard time breathing. And so, uh, you know, we, I had to go vi- visit him in his apartment. But I, I, I remember that as one of the really great nights of my life. Here I was sitting with this amazing, accomplished playwright who could have just dismissed me as this kid. Yeah. Or, you know, or a guy who got lucky with a book that happened to catch fire and sell it. And, and he didn't. He was so engaging and he was and he said to me we need young people like you in the theater you know everybody's going to movies everybody's going to television we need voices like you get involved with the theater there's nothing like it there's nothing like writing for the stage uh, he was so enthusiastic wow. even through this you know difficulty with the oxygen and all that stuff that i kind of caught the bug from him like wow right. you know I, <laughs> I i left thinking that i should do this theater is he can be that, this guy can be so great and, and so talented. I read his plays and 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 he's so into it and so welcoming. He made me feel like, you know, well, like when someone says, come in, sit down, we have all this food, eat, 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 eat. Yeah. <laughs> go, okay. Yeah. I like this restaurant. And <laughs> And he said to me something that I'll never forget. He said, all of theater is about somebody wants something from somebody else. Somebody wants something from somebody else. When you're writing, just make sure Somebody wants something from somebody else. And I tried to keep that in mind as we created the play because what does Maury want from me? He wants me to see the light before he dies. He wants me to go back to who I was maybe as a student, a little bit more open-minded, a little bit more caring, a little bit more sensitive, a little less know-it-all. Uh, and, and a little less interested in in accomplishments and achievements and money and 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 celebrity. And what do I want from Maury? I I don't want him to die. You know, I want him to keep going. I want him to uh, be my teacher again. You know, and 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 yet I can't get what I really want because I can't keep him alive. Yeah. And so throughout the play, which was really throughout what happened with Maury and me. Mitch is the Mitch character is constantly saying when Maury says, I don't have much time left. Don't say that. Don't say that. Oh, you don't know. Oh, things could happen. And, and it's all part of my wanting him to live and stay with me. Mm -hmm. And Maury is constantly admonishing me saying, you know, do you, you know, dying, is just one thing to be unhappy about, Mitch. Living unhappily is another. Those kinds of things. And so the play, uh, as we drew it up, became this series of who wants what from the other person. And I have to say that Jeffrey, Jeffrey has kind of a I don't think Jeffrey's Jewish, but Jeffrey has kind of a Jewish sense of humor. And so there were some lines in the play that are were strictly his. He came up with there was there was a um a moment where maury asks me about uh my wife and you know have you have you met somebody yes you know uh, uh a, a very special person you know have you met somebody you want to spend your life with yes i have and there's like a pause and maury says have you named her like like you're gonna gonna tell me what her name is you know that's funny (laughs) yeah and uh you know that that's a jeffrey line like he has that kind of sense of humor all the time
0: we'll be back with more tuesday people right after this
1: We ended up putting together this really, I thought, was good script. And then we went out to try to find actors. And this process um, was very interesting because when you're trying to get actors for Broadway or for you know a play in New York, it's not the same as when you're trying to cast a movie. You know, like movies, they, they always want to get in. And, 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 and the producers who were involved with this, they were kind of pushing like movie star kind of names. They wanted Billy Crystal to play oh, geez. to play Maury. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, because he was, you know, a big name and, and they wanted Jason Robards. Uh, uh, and and these were big kind of movie names. But Jeffrey, to his credit, you know, he, he was more like, no, let's get theater actors. Yeah. Um, let's let's not do this. You know, oh, well, we have the movie star playing this role. And so eventually we came to uh, an actor named Alvin Epstein. Who uh, I didn't know anything about because I wasn't a veteran of of uh, of the theater, but Alvin had played. He went back so far that he was in the original "Waiting for Godot." Wow! Yeah, jeez, uh, I believe. Yeah, uh, oh,
0: Maury would love that. By the way, like I yeah. just feel like if Maury would have known, he would have absolutely loved that.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he 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 was, uh, he, and he worked at the Guthrie Theater as an artistic director, and uh, and he was, um, gosh, he was born in 1925, so when we met him, he was close to 75 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, I just thought he was perfect. I mean, he 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 kind of looked a little like more. He had white hair, kind of you know shaggy and 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 out of place. And he just captured Maury when he did the reading, and I said, "Oh, this guy, this is you like he knew the right it right guy. then. Yeah, this is the right guy." Uh-huh. And and um, then we found somebody to play me. Now this was a little harder. Uh, this was an actor named John Tenney. Now you might remember John Tenney. Uh, John John's still around. Um, he was in. Uh, he was in a lot of movies he had been in uh free Willy and lassie and tombstone but but small parts things like that and he had been i think he had been on television but mostly he had been in in theater he had been in biloxi blues and uh the heiress and the substance of fire and other things like that and he was a a, a lovely guy and he was about my age and when they paired them together and they did like a reading, you could see that there was a chemistry that was going on between the two of them. And we started, we did this. I had to learn that, you know, you don't just open your show in New York. You have to take it, take it around around places. Uh Yeah. And so they did it. Now, you know, my memory, this is going back a long time, but I think they did it at a theater in Vermont in like a barn and, uh, and it, and and then they ran it someplace else for a while, and it uh, someplace on the East Coast, and it it was good. And I went up and saw it a few times. It was getting there, and then they said, "Okay, we're going to open it in New York." And this was all when we were doing this all around nine eleven. That's oh when, right. Yeah, that's yeah, right, that's right when nine eleven happened. Ah. And and we we, we didn't we weren't opening it then, but we were still, you know, we were putting it together during that time and nine eleven happened in September of two thousand and one. And for a while, like theater in New York was just kind of closed down. I mean, everybody yeah. was afraid. Everybody was afraid of being there and you know people didn't know and, and 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 would shows close and would they come back? And it was in that backdrop that we put this show together. And then we were wondering, like, is it does it make sense to do it now in the aftermath of, you know, people forget that the country changed a lot during oh, that Oh, heck time. yeah. And I remember some, one of the producers saying to me, no, you know what? This show is more needed than ever now because it centers us and it reminds us of what's really important. And so we ran it in previews, I believe, in the summer of 2002, so, you know, less than a year after after nine eleven, And we opened it in the fall of 2002, just a year after nine eleven, at a little theater called the Minetta Lane Theater, which is down in the uh, village and is just a absolutely lovely little theater. And I was all for that because they didn't want to open it on some big, huge Broadway theater where, you know, there's a thousand people. Yeah. It didn't make sense. I think they I think it held about. 400 or thereabouts. And that was perfect.
0: Oh, that's a nice size. That's yeah. a good size theater.
1: Yeah. And, and it was intimate. And I remember we went to the uh, opening night. And of course, opening night of a play in, in, in New York City is nerve wracking because you get reviewed. Yeah. You know? Right. You always uh, see and, that
0: in the movies. And then yeah. the next day they all read the newspaper and.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, uh, they did, uh, And by this point, I knew every line in the play, every line and every line that was supposed to get a laugh and every and and, you know, I was standing. I was so nervous. I was in the back, you know, pacing back and forth while they were doing it. I felt a little self-conscious, you know, sitting there and keep hearing Mitch, Mitch. You keep hearing the word Mitch. Mitch. (laughs) And um, but they they did the uh, they did the performance and they we had a nice party afterwards. They didn't we didn't go get the reviews like it. 2 a.m. like waiting oh, like
0: at- they do yeah that's what
1: yeah. they always do you at the
0: paper the paper's in yeah the yeah. reviews are in mitch
1: hey have the papers here now and take, take a look at the review <laughs> oh yeah. uh but it did come out the next day and 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 it got it got great reviews uh the new york times of course in the classic new york times fashion had to be sort of dismissive of the simplicity of it you know uh but even they couldn't be too mean and uh, there's an interesting story with the guy who wrote the review who later ran into a friend of mine who admitted that he liked the show, but he, he kind of wanted to slap it because it had so many producers as if that has anything to do with what, whether a play is good or not. But um, the New York post wrote uh, actually, I grabbed some of this before um, I was unprepared for how moving and powerful Tuesdays with Maury turned out to be. The two actors are beyond praise Epstein deli- uh, delicately evokes wisdom and love. John Tenney is wonderful. On this ground, the flowers of humanity grow. This was a a, a, a theater review from the New York Post. Uh, the New York Daily News, a touching, life-affirming, deeply emotional drama with a generous dose of humor. Uh, New York Magazine with uh, John Simon, I believe, who's the n- longtime critic who we just thought would hate it wrote that it was unforgettable. No matter how well you tell the story, the play makes it more vivid, more shattering, more humorous. This is a play that might incredibly just might change your life.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: That was the New York Magazine review. So it got, it got very good reviews short of the New York Times is kind of, you know, lukewarm. They had some praise, but like I say, New York Times, no, we'll leave that there. Uh, But, (laughs) It, so it did very well. And then um, there was interest in taking it out around the country. Mm-hmm. And they ended up doing that. Now I'm zipping ahead. I mean, it ran for months in New York. And then and they created this the national tour of it. But it ran on a 25-city tour. They took it around to 25 different cities in the country, put on different performances of it. And um, I ended up seeing it in a bunch of different places. At first I was like hell bent on going to every single show, every city that was doing it. I went to, and I said, Oh, I'll do it. You know, it's not that hard. I'll go to it. And I would go and I'd be there for like opening night. And I would talk with the, uh, sometimes they did a talk back on stage or I'd talk with the directors, actors. And then and then there just were so many of them that I couldn't, you, you know, couldn't so got, keep up. Oh, there's one in Oshkosh, you know, there's one in uh, San Antonio. There's one in, you know, and they were uh, running
0: simultaneously.
1: Some of like them, some, yeah. So
0: we had different actors going
1: Different actors, across. yeah, different actors and different places. One time I went to Minneapolis, and uh, I, I saw a show which was beautifully done. Uh, and the actor, though, who played me was really good, but he was, he, he was tall, kind of Nordic-looking, <laughs> uh, blondish hair.
0: A Nordic Mitch album. Yeah,
1: blondish hair. <laughs> <laughs> and i i and i, I mean, he was a big guy and um i went backstage to meet him afterwards and i, I hadn't really paid a lot of attention i got there late and i didn't really know who it was and i looked in the in the book uh to you know the playbill to see his name because i wanted to you know say it correctly mm-hmm. and his name was Tracy Letts. oh now if you don't know who Tracy Letts is Tracy Letts would go on to, to write plays like August Osage County and killer Joe and superior donuts and, and, and become this massive actor. And, uh, and, and, and I mean, Pulitzer prize nominations and play nominations. And, uh, I I mean, he's just incredible talent. And when I realized it was him, I said to him, what on what are you doing playing in me Oshkosh,
0: in a play? Or wherever, wherever. <laughs> well, it yeah. was
1: Minnesota, I think. Oh, right. But still, what I said, what are you or Chicago? What are you doing? You know, and he said, well, I just thought this was a really good play, and I wanted to be in it.
0: Wow, that's a that's a big compliment right there.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I said, well, you you have honored me greatly. <laughs> uh, he ended up, like I say, won the Pulitzer Prize for 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 uh, drama, uh, but. Uh, he played once, played me in a play, and so I, I got to see and and uh, oh, um, what's his name from uh, from Mash Klinger?
0: Uh, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: What's his name? Uh, Jamie Farr.
0: Yeah, yeah, Jamie Farr.
1: Jamie Farr played Maury in a number of productions uh, as the years went on, and so there were different people who, and I got a chance to talk to him, and there were different people who who played Maury and, and did wonderful jobs and played me, and so t- to bring this full circle. And to tell you why I'm bringing it up here today, the play has has been performed now hundreds of times around the world. It's been performed in in Israel and Japan and Asian countries and Australia and in and, 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 and French. And I went and saw it in in Israel uh, done in Hebrew. Uh, and uh, there's an interesting story there. They 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 put, they added a character. Uh, unbeknownst to me, and all of a sudden, a character comes out. Janine and I are watching, and all of a sudden, a character, a woman, comes on stage, and Janine says, "Who's that?" And I said, "I think it's you."
0: Uh-huh. And
1: uh, you know, I was trying to understand the Hebrew that they were speaking, and uh, they took the liberty of adding a character to play, which you are not allowed to do. You don't oh. change. You don't change plays but I don't think they ever thought I was going to come see it. Right. And I ended up going backstage and meeting the actors and the director. and You could see like they had this guilty look in their faces. And I said, you know, there is no Janine character. And they didn't even call her Janine in the play. They called her Rachel or Rachel. And uh, I said, what's that about? Well, they said, we, we just thought the scene where she sings to Maury was so lovely. and And we just wanted to include it in the play. And I said, well. It's a lovely scene, but I mean, you really shouldn't do it. Yes, we know, we're sorry, you know, like, you know, apologize later, kind of thing. Turned yeah. out they they were lovely people and very nice, and 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 it was a great production. But uh, I, you know, I've seen it in so many different forms and incarnations. If you go to our website, uh, if you go to you know mymitchalbum dot com website uh, and you go under the play Tuesdays or more, you can see some of the playbills from the various uh, versions: the Philippines version and uh, the Seattle Repertory version and all that. But so here's the here's That's the end cool. of the here's the end of the story. We never did the play here in Michigan ever Wow, because there were requests for it, and at the time you know i was I had just turned forty and and uh I just felt that I just felt that it was a little weird that there'd be a play about me in my early forties and and I'm in the town, you know like. It's just weird. He's, we see him all the time and he's on radio here and he's writes a column for the newspaper. And now there's a play about him. I felt kind of self-conscious. So I just said, you know, can we just not do Michigan? Can we just, are we allowed to do that? And they said, you can be allowed to do whatever you want. If you want to say no, no, produ-. and I also didn't want to play favorites because I knew a lot of people in the theater world and, you know, one theater wanted to do it and another theater wanted to do it. And, and, uh, you know, who am I going to say yes to, and now I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings? So we just said no, Michigan. Ah, uh huh. And you know, we said we'll just do this for a few years, and then we'll open it to Michigan. And then it extended and extended, and we just kept saying no, no, and 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 pretty soon it was just well, no, well, that you can't perform it in Michigan. So now the 25th anniversary of the book comes around, and we're talking about some different things that we're going to do. And suddenly, I said, you know, what about the play? It's never been done in Michigan. Why don't we create a Michigan run? And they said, yeah, it's a great idea. And so that's what we've done. So for the first time, the play is going to be performed in my home state at six different theaters uh, around the state of Michigan. And uh, and so I wanted to tell everybody that they can they can come see the play if they live in the state of Michigan for the first time. At the following locations. Now, this production is a very good production. It's the Theater J production from Washington, D.C. that recently ran, like, uh, last year. Cody Nickel and Michael Rusato, uh are playing the two parts. And they do a very good job. And this, is, this play is going to move from one town to the next for six weeks. So it starts August 10th through the 14th up in Traverse City at the Opera House, the City Opera House there. Then it goes to East Lansing at the Passant Theater at the Wharton Center, August 17th to the 21st. Then it moves to Kalamazoo, August 24th to the 28th at the Kalamazoo Civic Theater. Then it moves to Grand Rapids at the Wealthy Theater, August 31st to September 4th. Then it wo- uh, goes to Bay Harbor at the Great Lakes Center for the Arts, September 8th to the 11th. And finally, it ends in West Bloomfield, very close to where I live, the Burmer- Berman Center for the Performing Arts. September nice. 15th to the 18th. And I'll be going to each of these shows and I'm going to do a talk back with the actors one night and we're going to use one night to raise money for various charities each time we're in the town. So if you want to find out more about these tickets and want to go see it, you go to mitchalbum.com and it's right there. You can just check there's a box, uh, open it up and it'll have all the, play, all the plays and all the locations and where you can get tickets. So that's, that's the story nice. of the uh, yeah. That's the story of the play. That's
0: a and great story. All this time, I never knew this backstory on how the play came to be.
1: There it is. Yeah. The
0: many stages of Maury. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think you just named this podcast. I think I just named
0: this title. <laughs>
1: right. So hopefully, you'll get a chance to see it, and uh, I'll let people know how it is because I'll be going up and seeing the performances. And uh, so I said a little bit of a deviation from what we normally do, but hopefully found it interesting. I loved it. Yeah. So until we see you again next time with uh, Lisa Goich, I'm Mitch Album, saying see you next Tuesday.
0: Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because after all, we're Tuesday people.